Good morning. It is Wednesday, December 13th. It is four minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. My name is Casey Daniels. However, Rob Kendall has the day off and Brad Kloppenstein has decided to join us this morning. Thank you for doing that. You're quite welcome. Let's talk about what happened. Well, you know what? First of all, uh, we've got that Hunter Biden thing. He's decided not to talk in his deposition, that closed door, although he's talking in public and he's saying shame on all the Republicans for um, outing his pictures of him in his underwear. Um, it's like that's someone else's fault. Victim mentality from him. He's going on to claim that, uh, you know, they're using the love between him and his father against him and that he's claiming that Joe Biden had no knowledge or uh, ever worked with any of his business associates. Love and giant air quotes. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Dad, for being somebody important. Yeah. And uh, later today, they're going to vote on that impeachment inquiry. And you can uh, stay up to date with the Hammer and Nigel program when that happens. So the uh, Ukrainian president, Vladimir Zelensky, he uh, struggled yesterday to convince members of Congress to approve billions in additional aid to his country. And uh, the outlook was kind of grim. Lawmakers, they remained deadlocked on another piece of supplemental spending. And uh, what they're saying that it's probably not going to happen before the Christmas recess either. No, it's not going to happen before the Christmas recess. They're going to take off. And I think there's going to be a lot of negotiation just because there's, yeah, the Republicans are trying to tie Ukrainian funding to border security, Mm -hmm. which I... I'm 100% behind, and I don't think that that's going to get done in the next week and a half. Okay, so the package that they're talking about uh, is $106 billion in funding. It's for Ukraine, Israel, uh, United States allies, and the Indo-Pacific, also humanitarian aid to the Gaza Strip. And the uh, Republicans have said that the package also includes uh, some concessions, which is more for border security. And uh, they also want an adjustment to some of the current border policies. And they'll be arguing about that well into the new year. I'm I'm sure of it. The adjustment to the border policy is the Republicans want them to adjust the policy of just letting people in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's just <laughs> completely adjust that. However, your president, Joe Biden, he did sign another $200 million of a drawdown from the Department of Defense for Ukraine. So $200 million, mm-hmm. I don't think that goes real far when you're talking about defense so it's interesting that he came up with 200 million dollars but i mean that's a case of rifles or maybe a couple of vehicles or something but yeah that that's not a huge amount so the senate minority leader mitch mcconnell he said that it's uh practically impossible that this continued financial assistance to ukraine will be approved before christmas but uh he sat down with the uh CBS people, and he talked about his desire to send more money to Ukraine. If you look at the Ukraine assistance, let's let's talk about where the money is really going. A significant portion of it's being spent in the United States in 38 different states, replacing the weapons that we sent to Ukraine with more modern weapons. So we're rebuilding our industrial base. That's what President Biden's seeking to do. It's, it's correct. No Americans are getting killed in Ukraine. We're re- rebuilding our industrial base. Uh, the Ukrainians are destroying the army of one of our biggest rivals. I have a hard time finding anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I think it's wonderful that they're defending themselves. And also the notion that the Europeans are not doing enough. 
They've done almost $90 billion. They're housing a bunch of refugees who escaped. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the, our NATO allies in Europe have done quite a lot. You sound like you have a lot in common with President Biden in his worldview, based on what you just laid out. Well, not on the domestic side, <laughs> but on, on this issue that we were discussing today, we're generally in the same place. Okay, so Ron DeSantis has been stumping, and he's saying day one we're going to declare the border a national emergency and that he would send military to the southern border, and when people are here illegally, that they have to be sent back. So when it comes to Ukraine, uh, DeSantis is putting pressure on Europe to foot the bill, and why aren't people talking about this a little bit more? I would think they should be. I mean, obviously, this is he, more of a... McConnell mentioned it. Yeah, this is more of a European problem than it is a North American problem. Now, it could bleed over to us at some point. Um, so, but, and I agree. I think they said, what, there was $90, million, $90 billion that European nations have pledged to Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Um so, I mean, that's a good number, I get, and I don't know exactly what our number and contribution has been to this point. I'm not wholly opposed to supporting Ukraine. In fact, I'm probably in favor of it, and I like the way he laid it out that, you know, if you look at it, it's kind of like saying, all right, we've got some bananas on the counter. They're starting to get... Starting to get brown. They're turning brown. Yeah, we're gonna, we we'll give sit. you the brown ones, and we'll go buy some new fresh ones. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we're replenishing our old stock with new stock, and there is reasons. I mean, there's reasons to do that. It's And, yeah, if these weapons still have some lifespan in them, and we were going to get rid of them anyhow, yes, ship them to Ukraine. I'm all for it. But shouldn't the president be pushing for the European countries to be sending more? Yes, they should. Well? I mean, we're sitting here $34 trillion in debt, and just... In a blink of an eye, snap of a finger, wave the magic wand, here's another 200 million more. Yes. Sadly, the rest of the world looks at us like Santa Claus because we've been willing to be Santa Claus mm -hmm. for, I don't know, the last two generations at least. And But you're at some point, that money runs out. I mean, clearly, we have run out of money. We don't have a balanced budget. And now we've just taken the policy of we will just continue to print it and it's going to appear but i would like to see some of our other allies step in and at least convey what is our holistic policy of you know ukraine is not in nato but it's the nato countries that typically are behind this and then you throw in australia and a little bit of their help um I, yeah, I would like to hear more of a strategy of this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to accomplish the goal. I mean, clearly, Europe and North America, we can outproduce Russia. And I mean, that's how you win most wars. You just outproduce your enemy to the point where they can no longer produce and they have to give up. And I, I would like to hear that strategy um, enunciated a little bit better. So McConnell, he continues promoting his love for sending our money to Ukraine. Practically impossible, even though we reach an agreement to craft it, get it through the Senate, get it through the House before Christmas. That doesn't mean it's not important. And even though we've been emphasizing the border, I want to remind everybody of the importance of U Ukraine. Uh, we heard from the president today. He is inspirational. They have fought one of our biggest adversaries for almost two years now. 
We haven't lost a single person. NATO has expanded. The Japanese, the South Koreans, the Taiwanese, the Australians all care about what happens in Ukraine. Um, we're not losing track of that. It's just that border security applies to us as well. Mm -hmm. And that's why we've emphasized so much that subject in the last few days. So he said, I want to remind everybody of the importance of Ukraine. Please tell us what is the importance of Ukraine? Why are we sending all of this unaccounted money over there? Right. What you, is you, it that you know that we don't know? In, in the broad scope of things, I mean, we're not looking at things that say made in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're not importing much. Ukraine does export some grain, and um, I, I think that that's largely where they get their revenue from. They might do some things that don't ever make their way over here to North America. The value in Ukraine is sticking it to the Russians. Um, yeah, we didn't, we didn't care about Ukraine at all until this started. And in fact, I mean... You know, a lot of our ads uh, from the congressman to the congresswoman to the north, her ads were talking about how bad Ukraine was, which is diametrically opposed to the message we got as soon as this war broke out. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah, ultimately, Ukraine's value is bankrupting Russia, and that that's by and large it. Okay, McConnell went on to say that he got some indication that maybe the Biden administration is finally ready to engage in more serious conversations about what's going on in the border, aside from just money to Ukraine first. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's talk about what's going on with Dana White, uh, CEO of the UFC. Uh, he said that Americans should be drinking gallons of Bud Light. Of course he said that <laughs> after their multi-million dollar sponsorship of UFC. Sponsorship dollars will make you say a lot of strange things. Mm -hmm. uh, and in this case, uh, he says drink gallons of Bud Light on the heels of Anheuser-Busch re-upping a huge sponsorship with them. So, mm -hmm. you know, I would expect him to say that. But that's because that Anheuser-Busch is largely funding their enterprise. Yeah, I mean, he's he's aligned with them now. So, of course, he's going to promote them, right? Right. Keep the money rolling in. So, yeah, I mean, he has to. And it, it looks like, I mean, the boycotts of Bud Light, this has been very unique in the alcohol industry. And obviously, I follow that very closely. Sure. Um, so Bud Light has settled into a pretty steady third place now. They were far and away the number one. Who's one and two? Number one is Modelo. Number mm -hmm. two, I think, has gone back to Miller Lite. Okay. It's either Miller Lite or Coors Light. Bud Light is slotting in between those two, and then the other one is fourth. Um, but, yeah, the, the people who ditched Bud Light, typically people will boycott, and then after a month or so they will go back to what they were drinking. Uh, those drinkers have now all moved on. And Modelo, the Mexican beers, were the, the big winners of that. He said, uh, Dana White said that uh, Bud Light and Anheuser-Busch, they're aligned with his ideology now. And that's why he's encouraging Americans to drink gallons of Bud Light. But Bud Light is a brand that's owned by a foreign conglomerate. They tried to push their ideology on everybody and now they're paying the price they are so just because they're giving dana white money he's changing his tune and kid rock has also come out and said that the boycott should be over with i i think for a boycott to work you have to stay in firm on that now i read recently in an industry publication that um 
one of the Bush family members was talking about trying to buy Anheuser-Busch back from InBev and take it back to being private. Right. And, and, and maybe that deal is coming to fruition and then might, it will become an American company again. And Dana White is just trying to get out in front of this. Yes. Like this is going to be an American brand that we should be proud of once again. Now, I understand that, you know, there is some sentimentality attached to Bud Light. They used to sponsor a lot of boxing events, especially when someone like Dana White was young. So this brings back feelings of nostalgia and harkens back to his youth. But that's not where they are today. No, no. And, and he would, the only reason he is saying this is because they cut a big sponsorship deal. I mean, mm-hmm. he, Anheuser Bush is funding the UFC. So, or not UFC. Is it UFC? Yeah, UFC. Yeah, UFC. So, mm-hmm. so, I mean, yeah. Had that been Miller or Alps Brow, um, he would be saying the same thing about those companies as well. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about this other beverage. Doritos nacho cheese flavored booze. We live in an amazing time, Casey. This is uh this is a em- empirical is the name of the distiller and they've partnered with PepsiCo, which is the owner of Doritos, and now they have a Dorito flavored cocktail. I can only imagine that it mixes well with Mountain Dew. Um okay, so I guess it was discovered on accident. Somebody was in their their you know their lab where they're tasting the, the mad scientist yes of booze. coming up with new flavors and he had a bag of uh, nacho cheese Doritos and accidentally spilled some and tasted it and went oh wait a minute I'm on to something here and the maker said okay let's let's really try and do this for real not accidentally and they came up with this flavor and said oh my gosh this is great but they knew they couldn't sell it because they didn't want to get sued by PepsiCo. Like, hey, we're going to market this as a Dorito-flavored booze. And so instead Frito of... Frito-Lay will get over that if they get a cut. Right. So <laughs> in, instead of trying to, you know, go behind their back, they actually reached out and said, hey, we, we've got this thing that we think might be a hit. And uh, it's it's going for quite a bit of money. $65 for a bottle of yeah. this stuff. So would you drink it? Would you try it? Oh, absolutely. I would try it. Me too. Now, the fascinating thing in this article, Doritos is number eight as far as salty snack chips mm-hmm. throughout the nation. But with Gen Z's, it's number one. Oh. And so... They're reaching out to a, a younger category. Which Gen Z's are now, the, they are the 20-year-olds that are the big drinkers right now. I have a feeling this thing might have some legs. Although... What I think Arby's tried this. Arby's came out with a line of spirits like a year or so ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious to see if this will just be a special edition. It said most of this is going to be available in Europe, with a little bit in California and New York. I would. I've never actually heard of this distillery b- before, so I imagine they're fairly small. I'm. I would love to see if this has legs and becomes year-round and and they roll this out nationally. Yep. So far, they're only going to offer it in markets like New York and L.A. They get all the best stuff. I know. Well, it it makes me wonder, though, if like Frito-Lay or PepsiCo, they're going to start to dabble in this industry and try to, you know, extend their brand. 
I, I would think so. I mean, um, most of the soft drink retailers are starting to dabble in alcohol, mm-hmm. and that's going to create some issues. It would make sense that uh, your snack companies, right. anybody that has an iconic brand, I think the cross-promotion and just getting those flavor profiles mm-hmm. into other items, it just makes sense. And where does that end? Are you going to see somebody like Hershey then get into like the chocolate martini market, or is that- Or the, the they little don't Debbie be... oatmeal cream pie Right, like bourbon. where does it end? I think it's it's fascinating because when you think about it, you know, on, on the heels of Thanksgiving, the green bean casserole was invented by the people at Campbell's. They yeah. they put these people in a kitchen and said, here's the cream of mushroom soup. Try and come up with something. The woman came up with a recipe. They ended up putting it on the Campbell's can label Years later, she had no idea that people were making the green bean casserole based on her recipe until her daughter told her about it. So it could be one of those things where, you know, the mad scientists get in the kitchen, start creating these flavors that years later become hugely popular. Uh, Now, did you ever have the Doritos Loco Taco at Taco Bell? Yeah. Was it good? Yeah. Somehow I missed that. I, I had all intentions, but I guess I just never go to Taco Bell. So John Daly, uh, the golfer, he sat down with Tucker Carlson. They talked. Uh, they talked about golfing with Bill Clinton and Donald Trump. Uh, John Daly's take on Donald Trump. We're going to get to that coming up from ninety three WIBC. Good morning. It is eleven twenty four. It is the Kendall and Casey Show on ninety three WIBC. Rob Kendall has the day off. Brad Klappenstein is filling in today. So John Daly, a legendary figure in the golf world. And he's a pretty fascinating guy. He's had a truly wild ride through life, includes many stories of his gambling addiction, which he's been able to kick, and also the tales that he tells about the fortunes that he has spent on gambling. He, uh, gambling and other things. And other things. <laughs> uh, he recently claimed that the PGA Tour golfers want uh, Donald Trump back as president. And he recently sat down for an interview with Tucker Carlson, and they talked about a lot of different things. And uh, here he is recounting the time that he played golf with Bill Clinton and Donald Trump. Did Clinton cheat in golf? Is that true? Oh, yeah. I mean, Bill would... He would take the club back and say, oh, give me another ball. Before he even hit the first one, he'd throw another one down. But he never kept score. I mean. Did you ever play with him? Yeah. I had to play with him one time. What would you think? He needs to take up tennis. <laughs> <laughs> He's horrible. Really? Yeah. What about Obama? I didn't play with him. No, I never, never got to meet him or play with him at all. But that bad but he loved it right yeah that's okay i mean hey there's a lot of people that never get it they're never good at it but they love it keep playing if it's something you love to do and go out and do it it's a great game uh but you know these guys they don't have the time to really work on their game and do the things they want to a lot of them were running the country you know yeah that does some get did a good way. job some did a <laughs> job we all know who did a great job <laughs> Can I mean, are you surprised that he said that Clinton cheated at golf? Oh, no. No. I mean, like, no, I'm not shocked at all. How many mulligans did that guy take, right? All, all of them. Yeah, and, and they say that you can tell a lot about a man when you play a round of golf with them. Yes. What type of person they are. I Now, I'm, I, I go back and forth. I 
this this year was a bad year. I think I only played two or three rounds of golf. Mm-hmm. Uh, ideally, I will play at least a couple dozen over the course of a summer. Uh, but you're right. There's some people that I really enjoy golfing with, and there's other people where I'm like, I will never do this again. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's skill level. Sometimes it's temperament. Temperament is Tem- the thing for me. Yes. Um you know, the, the the fellas who will get so mad at a shot and they, like, smash their club down on the ground. It's like, this is a game. Right, exactly. There's not a million dollars on well, the we're line. We're not even betting on this. This is no. supposed to be a relaxing afternoon on the golf course, and you're acting like the world's coming to an end. Yeah. I actually got better when I changed my mindset. I'm like, I'm going to enjoy a nice, beautiful summer day mm-hmm. outside in a nice yard, and if I play well, I play well, and so be it. And it sounds like Clinton is that kind of golfer, although mm-hmm. he does like to cheat. He's not no. very good at it. Uh, John Daly, during this interview, by the way, he he's playing, the, he looks like Santa Claus. He's wearing a red shirt. He's got the white hair and the long beard. But here he is talking about Donald Trump. You think Trump's going to win? He needs to win. I pray to God he wins. Why? Just for the satisfaction of bringing our country back together, get some common sense going in here again and you know, look what he did the four years. How great was our country in the four years he was in yeah. office? And now look at it. No secure borders. Inflation's out of the roof. I mean, what the hell happened? Hmm. Where did it go? I mean, I was loving the four years that Daddy Trump was in. And it's all gone to hell. In two years, three years, it's just, yeah. what happened? Did you see it? Interesting that he called him Daddy Trump. Daddy Trump. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine John Daly running for Congress? You think he'd win? Oh, um, depends. I mean, he's he been lives on- in Arkansas, he's right? He's been honest about all of his problems, yeah. so it's not like there's any ghosts in the closet somebody could bring out. He might. Yeah. Um, so what did John Daly think when Biden was elected? Did you see it? Did you see it coming? We all did. When Biden got elected, I, I definitely saw it happen. A lot of our corporate people that were around all the time launch our tournaments, yeah. they all saw it happen. They knew it was going to happen. Have they ever leaned on you to shut up? No. Why would they? It's free speech. Well, because in every, I mean, if you're in the NBA, you can't have your opinions. Well, that's their problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's stupid. They should. They, you know, when they were kneeling national anthems and all that, that was, that was kind of telling us to, you know, Telling America to kiss kiss our ass. Yeah, I mean, what what was that all about? So LeBron James last night was taking a lot of heat for sitting during the nath- national anthem at the game, and many people saying, you know, you're in this country, you made billions. Was this at the Laker game last mm-hmm. night or the? Uh, okay, you've made so much money and you can't even stand and respect the national anthem when it's played. And here's John Daly, you know, saying, "What's their problem?" Totally different sport. So you've got uh, you've got something coming up later tonight with the Greater Lawrence Chamber, and we're going to talk about that coming up from 93 WIBC. Good morning. It is 11:35. It's the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Brad Kloppenstein is filling in for Rob Kendall today, who has the day off. Let's talk about what's going on with the Greater Lawrence Chamber of Commerce. And yes. the firefighters. Uh, yeah. So every year uh, we partner with 
that I, so I'm president of the Greater Lawrence Chamber of Commerce. Mm-hmm. In case our listeners don't know, and every year around this time of year, we partner, and several businesses in Lawrence will collect unwrapped toys, mm-hmm. and we deliver those to the firefighters, and then I help hook them up with hams. And this Saturday, they're going to distribute all these toys and all these hams to families around Lawrence, and I'm excited. So uh, we've been collecting toys now for a month. It all culminates with uh, our chamber Christmas party and toy drive tonight at Indian Lake Country Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's from 4.30 to 7, and uh, we were are accepting donations of unwrapped toys. Uh, you can also drop them off at any Lawrence Fire Station, and Saltier Toys and Games out on Pendleton Pike has a deal where if you buy a toy for the toy drive, they will give you 50% off. Fantastic. So, yeah. So, actually, today, I'm bookending the show. I had a chamber event before I even got here this morning. Yep, and, and then, then when you got, get off the air, you're going to go gotta, and do another one, huh? I got another one this afternoon. Uh, so. You're also taking checks, by the way. We do take checks. and Yeah, the, uh, the Lawrence Firefighters Family Assistance Fund is mm-hmm. who those checks should be made out to. All right. Well, that sounds uh, like a, it's a worthy cause and good for you for yeah. getting involved. Thank you. I, Have I you love seen a it. lot of toys that are you like, oh, yeah, I remember that one? Are you seeing more new toys or uh, there's uh, a, more I, classic so toys? Yesterday, I went around to several businesses and collected the toys. I filled up my pickup truck, both mm-hmm. the back seat and the bed. Uh, there were some Tonka trucks in there. There were mm-hmm. some things I didn't recognize. And one of the boxes had something making all sorts of noise with jingles. <laughs> every have, every time you went over a bump, it went off. Yeah, huh? so I don't even know what that was. But yeah. Yeah, it, it was fascinating to see all the different toys that, that were donated. I was just amazed by the amount. So on the same day that President Biden first criticized how Israel is conducting its war against Hamas, the U.N. General Assembly voted overwhelmingly yesterday to demand a ceasefire in Gaza. Uh, The vote on the resolution was 153 in favor and 10 against with 23 abstentions. And uh, none of this is binding, but it's been 67 days now. And there are still Americans who are being held hostage. Yeah, which is incredible. Actually, I think it's 68 days now. 68 days, and uh, there are still people who are being held hostage. And that should be rather upsetting to everyone. I would think so. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously Hamas is holding those people as pawns. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, that's really the only card that they have to play, um, you know, that I know that the U.N. is demanding a ceasefire, but I think that's going to happen sooner than later regardless. So at this point, um, they're going in and flushing all Hamas out of the tunnels. Yeah. They, in fact, they, the newsroom said, yeah, they're flooding the tunnels mm-hmm. as we speak. Right, as we speak. And John Kirby, he's a top Biden spokesperson. He was asked about the Americans who have been held hostage in Gaza for 68 days now. And what do you think his answer is going to be? Going to be, you know, very confident and yeah, have uh, a, a very clear and specific answer to tell everyone, right? No, it'll be a very vague answer saying, well, you know, we're monitoring the situation and we're working very, very diligently and we're talking with both sides. And mm-hmm. he will say a lot of words that don't amount to anything specific, is oh. my prediction. Yeah, you're right, Brad. We're still working at this very, very hard. I wish I had better news on the, the American hostages that are left. We're still working to get better information about where they are, how they are, uh, and still working to get all those hostages out. Uh, I can't give you uh, odds on how close we are to another pause. I can just assure you that we are working this with the same sense of urgency that we were before. Do you believe the Americans are still alive, or does the administration still have that faith? 
We don't have any strong indications otherwise, Savannah, so we're working under the assumption that they are alive. We just don't have uh, great information and, uh, with a great specificity on each and every one of them. So we have to assume, we're going to assume, uh, that they're alive and that we can get them back with their families where they belong. So what he's really saying is uh, we messed up. We don't know how to resolve this. Um, we've caused some people most likely to suffer, and uh, we're going to try and find some competent people to fix the situation. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what I said. That's not us. My takeaway so. is that, yeah. A, I could do that job, and B, I must be Nostradamus of WIBC because I do exactly what he was going to say without even having heard it. Yeah, so uh, Biden warned that Israel was losing international support as well for its campaign against Hamas. And it seems that now there's a bit of a rift, another rift, a new rift going on between Biden and Netanyahu because Netanyahu publicly rejected Biden's plans for post-war Gaza. Right, because unlike Ukraine, Israel does not need our money or weapons, so they can tell us to get bent and that mm-hmm. they've got this handled. And well, and that doesn't bode well for any of those people that are still being held hostage. No, no, it, it does not. Um, although it, it would not be in Hamas's best interest to to let bad things happen to them, just because I mean, as I mentioned, that that is the only chip that they have left to play. So it, 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 the only way this turns out anywhere decent for them as if they keep those people alive. 20 minutes in front of 12, and uh, there's a big game going on this weekend. Well, a big there's game. several big games. Big game in my house. You've got uh, <laughs> number three, Purdue, playing number one, Arizona, in Indianapolis, 4.30 on Saturday. Yeah, what else is happening at 4.30 on Saturday, Casey? There's another game. There is another game mm-hmm. in the city. So the Colts game got flexed with the Steelers. So those two things are happening at the same time. So if you're going to the Purdue game, mm-hmm. I would recommend you get there early um which i'm excited about this so let me ask which game will you be watching or paying attention to or attending uh I, i'm thinking about maybe attending the boilermakers game if i can I, get a ticket yes at Gamebridge. i i committed to hosting my extended family's christmas this saturday so oh no i know um, <laughs> uh, trust me do what time you, you know how bad i want to wrap it up before the game you know how bad i want to say screw that family no, no. you can't do that <laughs> no, can't no. do that I love that's my ridiculous so, no but, but the purdue arizona game so you got number one versus number three i mean mm-hmm. this is the marquee game of the season to right. this point right peacock only yeah um how do you feel about that uh, peacock only um well, like I said, I'm going to try and go in person. So yeah. if, if nothing else, I'll, I'll be able to watch clips because, you know, they'll, they'll put it out on X or something like that. Right. All the all the premiere moments. Uh, the there, will be, there will certainly be highlight. highlights. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I have a Peacock subscription, uh-huh. so I'm not going to be shut out and I'm going to have to sneak a TV over to this family gathering and mm-hmm. and make sure that we're, we're streaming it live. I mean, that's the one I care more about, but obviously the Colts and the Steelers, this is a game to see who makes it into the playoffs. Right now, both of them are technically in the playoffs, but they're both, what, seven and six, and effectively the winner is will be in and the loser will probably be out. So that's a big game as well. Well, the coach of Arizona said that, you know, obviously the Purdue team is going to be the best team that they've played at this point. No kidding. Yeah. Right? yeah you, don't, you don't say. <laughs> really? State the obvious there. Uh, but uh, I, it's, it's, it's going to be a good game. What's your prediction? Uh, 
Boiler up. Uh, amen. There we <laughs> <Come> go. On. <laughs> <laughs> What's your prediction? You're uh, a graduate. Purdue You're by a hundred. They're they're just taking my money. Yeah. You actually have the degree from Purdue. Yes. Yes. Uh, Purdue by one hundred. Purdue, Purdue by oh, probably one hundred ninety-eight. Oh so, sure, so <laughs> sure, something like that. It is uh, the Kendall and Casey show. It's ninety-three WIBC. It is 11.47. It's the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Rob, of course, having the day off. Brad has been in. You really enjoyed that uh, break with Hammer and the uh, phone call roulette, didn't I you? I love ro- phone call roulette. That was because- fun. It made me nervous, though. I'm sure because you got to have your finger on the dump button and, <laughs> and yeah, no offense, but we got a few crazy listeners out there who like to call. Have no idea what's gonna what's gonna come. Um, no, it's exhilarating though, doesn't it make you feel alive? Oh yes, that was amazing. <laughs> uh, of course, we do have the voicemail line, and that is open at three one seven six eight four eight four four four. And you want to encourage people to call and leave you a message because you're going to be back here on Friday. I'm back on Friday, exactly. So mm-hmm. call that number again three one seven. Six eight four eight four four four. Leave us a message. Tell us what you like, but even better, tell us what you hate. Oh, I'll let you take those phone calls. I will. I'll gather them for you, but you can address them. Okay. So I put this uh, clip on the uh, template just because it's it's always fun when you've got your uh, representatives who are fighting one another. This is uh, Ralph Norman. He's from South Carolina, and he's a Republican. And he was arguing with uh, Mary Gay Scanlon. She's from Pennsylvania. She's a Democrat. And they were talking about Joe Biden's cognitive abilities. And this was during a House committee meeting. And uh, I thought uh, Ralph Norman, he, he had a good line. That's on your side. You've got a president, Joe Biden, who's cognitively gone. Why don't you get with his his handlers, whoever it is. Now, you can argue if you think he's not cognitively gone, I would wager a good bit of money. You give, you give him with five doctors, they would tell you the man's not there. Now, um, that's what America's concerned about. That's what America wants. Would the and gentleman you, yield? Let me just finish. Those are the concerns. And the, I, I get the theater to try to divert this to the things you mentioned about the hearings and how you think. The real concerns affecting the pocketbooks of Americans, and you're going to see it. Uh, I hear it. I'm in that world of, of construction workers. And they're sick and tired of what this administration is doing to sell this country out. And they're going to let us, they will let their feelings known. Now, if you can disagree with that, but, uh, and I will yield just a few minutes. I want to get to Guy, but I yield back, I- yield to you. I, I do disagree vehemently with what you've said. Have you spent any time with Mr. Biden, with the president? Good God, Did you go, no. Good God, no. No, you've been watching a little too much Fox News. Not Fox. Watch him, watch him on Fox, if he'll go there. Watch him on the few. Uh, how many press conferences does he have? What can he... Not what can he get off teleprompter and read? You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> he says, "Have you spent any time with the president?" 
Oh, God, no. Oh, God, no. Why would I subject myself to that? Carl, maybe we could just isolate that. And just mm-hmm. every time something ridiculous is said, it's just hear the, oh, God, no. Oh, God, no. Okay, so uh, the top, what is this, 100 City Destinations Index has been released. And I'm sure I saw this and I thought, okay, we'll share it. But I don't know how much international travel is happening uh, right now with uh, the way inflation is and the economy, but uh, there's a the couple U.S. cities that have made this list. I'm sure Kevin's been to probably all of them, but the top 20 cities of the uh, 100 best city destinations to travel to. Number one, Paris, France. Been there. Yeah. 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 Of course, Kevin has. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've been to 12 of these, actually. You've been to... 12 of the All 100 right. or 12 yeah. of the top 20? You're ridiculous. 20. Really? You've been to 12 been, of I've these? I've been to 12 of... There's like 20 on there, right? Yep. Okay. So let's just give us a yay or nay. Okay. So number one was Paris, and you said yes. Dubai. Have not been there. Madrid, Spain. No. Tokyo. Yes. Amsterdam. Yes. Berlin. Yes. Rome. Yes. New York. Yeah. Oh, uh, no. What? I've not, not been to New York. I've only flown to the airport for a layover. Does that count? Do you no. count that? Airport no. doesn't count. No. no. Nope. you got to get out. And I, I've heard somebody people say, if, if you put your foot down in the city, but you... I've never really visited. Okay. Uh, where were we? Barcelona. Yes. London. Yes. Singapore. No. Munich. Yes. <laughs> Milan. Yes. Seoul, South Korea. No. Dublin. Yes. Osaka. Yes. Hong Kong. Nope. Vienna, Austria. No. Los Angeles. No. <laughs> Lisbon. Yes. Okay, so the two that are on the list from the United States you have not been to. Yeah, I... I L.A. and New York. So I need to travel around the U.S. more. Uh, clearly. Uh, I spend most of my time in a uh-huh. foreign lands. Uh-huh. It's just, I don't know. I like the exotic I don't aspect. know how you afford this working at a radio station. It's, Friday, it's all, can it's we all have about a, priorities. Uh-huh. Friday, we need a segment, Travels with Kevin. I want to I find out more about how this has all occurred yeah. in your uh-huh. somewhat short life yeah, compared to mine. Yeah, this is why mine. I don't have a house. <laughs> because oh, that's he spend, right. You do live in a van. Priorities. Right, right. I, I live in a van. That's He's all about priorities. Spends all of his time traveling. Okay, so they rank these cities uh, based on tourism, sustainability, economic performance, health, and safety. And that surprises me that they would put New York and L.A. on the list when they're considering health and safety. Safety, yeah. New York. Clearly, Indianapolis not going to be on the well, list. My mom got mugged in Barcelona, so, I mean, I... I actually happen. saw an older couple. They almost got their backpack stolen. Mm-hmm. They were sitting on a park bench, and this guy came up and started talking to him. And then his buddy came up from behind them and grabbed the uh, woman's backpack and started running. And then the woman screamed, and they started running after him, and he just dropped it. Um, so he he got away, but he didn't get away with the backpack, fortunately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you got to watch out for pickpockets. Yeah, like that. absolutely. So there's also on uh, WIBC.com right now is the list of the Indiana's favorite Christmas movies. You had an issue with I, this I, list. I call BS on this list. I'm not sure who <laughs> compiled this. I think it was compiled by some people from Illinois uh-huh. trying to punk us. Uh, it was compiled by... 
CSGO Luck, which is a uh, a gambling uh, website. Yeah, it's a front for Illinois propagandists. It's uh, they used Google Keyword Planner and they analyzed the number of searches of more than 180 Christmas movies to determine which ones are Indiana's favorites. They use terms like buy, Blu-ray, Netflix, and watch online to determine what people were watching, what their favorite Christmas movies were. You want me? I'll share the list. Share the list. And, and then it, you can poke holes in it. Yes. Okay, number one was It's a Wonderful Life. Okay, I can see that being top five. Classic. Uh, also on the list is The Holiday. No. This is the Jude Law, Cameron Diaz, Kate Winslet movie. No. Bad Santa, Billy Bob Thornton movie. That's, that's on the list. That's a pretty good movie. I can see it. Uh, fourth is Elf. Will Ferrell movie? Mm, top 10, okay. maybe. And number five is Scrooged. And you know what I love about the Scrooged movie is, you know, they work at a, a TV network. Right. You know, the TV network is yeah. IBC. Oh, yeah. You know that? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, look at you. There we go. Okay, but what's your problem with this list? Where the heck's a Christmas story? For God's sake, the things are based in Hammond, Indiana. Oh, they call it Holman in the, in the movie. Mm-hmm. So I told you last time I was in with you, mm-hmm. the, not dropping the F-bomb is my biggest mm-hmm. challenge with doing this show. Uh, not dropping the F-bomb. Hosting with <laughs> got, me like, is your like biggest challenge. Left and yes. Fantastic. Okay, so is your only problem with this list that It's a Christmas Story was not on it? Largely, um... I would think um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation mm-hmm. should be probably higher. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a Christmas story I don't think made the top 20. No. It's, uh, where is it? Now, obviously, we all get our fill there on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day because, what, TBS and TNT run Do they it. still do the 24-hour oh, marathon? Yeah. yeah, I'll watch it two or three times. Yeah, absolutely. Sitting there in your jammies. Yeah. yeah <laughs> wrapping but, paper all around but you. I mean, what, there is nothing more Hoosier than right. that movie. How is that Christmas not on story? the list? They missed out. Okay. Well, just so you know, I didn't create the list. I merely published I, 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 no, the I'm list. not blaming you, uh-huh. and I'm glad you brought this to my attention because uh-huh. now I can hold others accountable for uh-huh. their for their gross negligence in compiling the list. Hey, how about the uh, husband who put the elf on the shelf in an X-rated position and the wife said that he's no longer in charge of elf on the shelf? I don't know what the problem is. Carl, do we have <laughs> a sexy music that you can pot up real fast? Uh, I, I think this is great. There's no kids around the house. There mm-hmm. should be more playtime like that with your spouse. Mm-hmm. If, you're, uh, if your kids are gone or you have adult children and uh, have a little fun with Elf on the Shelf, well, you're saying? Or, or there's that commercial now, Self on a Shelf. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Brad, for coming in today. Thanks, I appreciate that. And thank you, Carl, for helping out. Thanks, Kevin. We're going to count on you to be back here tomorrow. It's the Kendall and Casey Show. Show on 93 WIBC.